Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. Learning another language is hard, man. It's so difficult. I wish that I had superpowers and I could just all of a sudden start talking fluently and be like, oh yeah, I got that shit down. (laughs) But I'm trying to practice my Spanish every day and it's not like I don't have time to practice it, but right when I think I'm getting it and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I, I, I download this app called Duolingo And then I also have a textbook, but every time I start feeling like I'm actually getting better, I go out and I'm like at the store or something and then someone starts talking to me in Spanish and then I'm like, okay, never mind, I'm still an idiot. (laughs) Like it's like I don't understand. So I'm still just learning the basics and I was talking to my friend the other day too and I'm like, I need to get one of those coloring books for kids that's in Spanish so I can just learn the basics but anyways that's what I've been up to today and I've also been thinking that it's challenging being stuck in the unknown having no idea what's ahead and things are changing so rapidly and it can cause a lot of anxiety for some people and it's just it's like it feels like so annoying when you just don't know when you can't make plans you're just like you have no idea what's in store right but I was thinking that you know what our problem is our problem is that we take life so damn seriously life should not be that serious and it doesn't mean that you should just go get drunk and treat your body like shit and just not give a fuck about your life it just means that we get so hung up on those little details and instead of just letting things happen and letting things unfold how they should and how they're supposed to and and instead we just get so wrapped up and start stressing about these things. I don't know if you can relate to that, but I've been thinking about that a lot. And this morning, actually last night, um, this is kind of a rookie move too, but I was, my blood sugar all of a sudden decided to just go low and stay down there. And it didn't seem to matter how much juice I drank. It just was riding super low. And as soon as I got back up to like a normal number, it would start dropping again, like 15 minutes later. And so I drank, I ended up drinking all of the juice that I had down where I'm staying. And so it was thunder and lightning and raining, raining, pissing rain out. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to trek all the way up to my mom's house in the rain, in the middle of the night, through the jungle and get more juice unless I'm absolutely dying and I have to. So I'm laying in bed and I know my body well enough to know how much sugar I should need in order to stay steady. And 
So I felt pretty confident that my blood sugar was going to be fine, but it was teetering on the lower end, a little bit lower than I would have liked it to. And so I'm laying in bed and I'm like, all right, I really don't want those arrows to go down again because if they go down again, that means I'm definitely going to have to make this trek up to my mom's house. And so I started thinking about all of the most stressful scenarios in my mind to try to just get my cortisol levels up and try to just stay level. And I ended up coasting through the 60s and 90s, between 60 and 90 all night. That's milligrams per deciliter. A little bit lower, 60 is a little bit lower than I would have liked, but hey, we made it through the night and we're here. So you might hear through this episode, we're doing a Q&A today, but you might hear in the background some jungle animals, some birds, some howler monkeys. I don't know if the mic is going to pick them up, but I am in the jungle. So if you do hear stuff in the background, don't be alarmed. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited to dive into this Q&A Q&A episode today and we do have some really fun episodes coming up. So I if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I've been trying out a bunch of different insulin, basal insulin now that I'm not using the pump. So I'm going to be doing an episode on that next week on um, the difference between 2JO. That's how you say it. I did get confirmation. I'm pretty sure it's 2JO. I'll have to look at my notes. Lantis and Triceba and the difference and how I've been navigating them and keeping my numbers in a 91% range just using MDIs again. So I am going to be sharing this episode next week and then the week after we have a really fun episode coming up where a bunch of other people with type 1 I want to say influencers but influencer kind of sounds like a washed out word because these people are so much more than influencers and they're really good friends you probably know them from social media or just hearing them from around but they're going to be sharing how they have been like what their biggest challenges have been during this pandemic and how they are navigating them. And they're giving some really, really great tips to you guys on just, you know, how they've been navigating through this pandemic. And it's a super fun, super personal episode. And I was listening to some of the clips the other day and I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm taking so much away from this episode. So I'm really excited to share it with you. So that's coming up. So Guys, if you have not subscribed to this podcast yet, please do take these next couple seconds. It'll only take a couple seconds to subscribe to the show because that way you won't miss out on upcoming episodes and bonus content that we have. And then also, if this episode inspires you or if any of the episodes inspire you in some way, please leave me a five-star review. Rate and review this podcast because when you do take the time to do that, it expands the reach of this podcast and makes it possible for other people to find this show. And at the very least, maybe just share it with a friend. That would really help this show out a ton and it really does mean so much to me. So thank you guys so much for your support of this show. And one more thing before we dive into this Q&A, I did just want to say that I have a brand new challenge it starts today at the 14th of May. So I don't know when you're going to be listening to this episode. The challenge is five days long. So if you've missed it by the time you're tuning in, don't worry. I would still encourage you to apply 
this challenge to your life and just see how transformational it is, especially if we're still stuck in this pandemic when you're listening to this. And I mean, even even so, it's a really good idea. So it's a step challenge. And it's it was inspired by the American Diabetes Association because they're doing a bunch of cool stuff. And I don't know about you, but it can be extra hard as someone who has type 1 diabetes to not only, you know, first of all, our fitness routine is completely not how it once was, right? So you're getting adjusted to a new routine, which can be challenging, but it can also be challenging for your blood sugars and just managing your overall health because routines are everything, right? You know, when it comes to diet, your exercise, just all of it affects your health in such a huge way. And so I was noticing personally that, you know, managing blood sugars is hard enough. Getting adjusted to these new insulin that I'm on has been tough. But on top of it, I'm like looking at my my phone because it tracks your step count. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm getting like some days it was 1800. Some days it was 3000 steps per day. And in it said I love how your phone like reminds you it's like cool thanks <laughs> but last year it said I was getting over 4,000 steps per day that was my average and so my non-exercise activity level has dropped considerably which if you have fitness goals you know you're trying to lose weight whatever it is these th- this can also affect you but more so it can affect your blood sugars because your activity is just lower than it usually is and so I've made a point to consciously up my step count every single day so I gradually increased it I'm at 7,000 steps per day and I've actually decreased my basal so I've had to use less and I really do find that it's helped my blood sugar so much. So making sure that I'm getting in all my steps per day, so that aerobic activity, and then also doing my workouts at home as well. So in combination, both of those things has really helped me manage my blood sugars and keep my blood sugars so steady. And I didn't, when I first had to switch back to injections, I didn't even think it was going to be possible. And, And my doctor even said, you know, she's like, don't worry, Taja. When you get back to the States, you get your insulin pump again, you know, we'll get your A1C better because obviously I haven't had my A1C tested since I think November. We're May now, (laughs) so it's been way overdue. But I'm just surprised that my blood sugars have been so great doing injections. I'm like, maybe I don't need my insulin pump, you know? (laughs) But anyways, so the challenge is a five-day step challenge where your target is 8,000 steps per day. So I'm going to be doing it with you. But if you get 8,000 steps per day over the next five days, so from May 14th to May 18th, I want you to take a screenshot of your steps, like whatever app you're using, DM it to me on Instagram at Taja Kato. And if you get 8,000 steps per day over the next five days, you win my Shredded Body for Type 1s program. So you get it for free. And I'm really excited about this. But even though this challenge is only five days, you're probably going to want to keep it up because you're going to feel so good. Your blood sugars are going to be a lot better. And it's just really beneficial. So I'm excited for you to join me if that sounds like something that you'd be interested in. Obviously, I know that depending on where you live, you might not be able to, but it's a really good idea if you are somewhere where you can get those steps in, even if it's walking up and down your driveway and just put in your earbuds, 
listen to a good podcast like this one and um, just get it, get in those steps. Just start crushing it, right? And the other thing you want to know is that your blood sugar may drop considerably, especially during walking because any sort of aerobic activity will generally decrease your blood sugars a whole lot. So just make sure that you take that into account when participating in this challenge. And you can go to my Instagram at Taja Kato, send me a DM and there'll be info on my IG about this challenge. All right, so diving into these IG questions today. I don't know, do you guys notice when you post something on your story? I don't know if you've ever posted like a question sticker, but all of a sudden, lately, the last couple of months, I've noticed you get a lot of spam too, which I don't know why that's been such a trigger for me. I'm like, can you not spam me, please? <laughs> But I did get a bunch of really good questions here. So I'm excited to answer all of your questions. Let's see. The first question that we have is from Carrie.Neher. I don't know if I'm, I'm pronouncing that right. So I do apologize. She says, tips on getting used to lower blood sugars without being nervous. This is a good one. I It's weird, Carrie, because... When your blood sugars are on the lower range for a while and not like too low, but when you do, um, and you've probably noticed this, but when your blood sugars are lower for a longer period of time, you start not noticing those lows as much. (laughs) So I don't know if you have noticed that, but I would say my tips for getting used to lower blood sugars without being nervous, well, just knowing that you're going to be okay. Like once you take something, it can take 15 minutes for that thing to hit your bloodstream. So just knowing that you're going to be okay. And this sounds kind of crazy, but in my head, I literally think like, especially when it's a really bad low and I feel like I'm going to pass out. I just think, you know what? I've already treated it. If I pass out, that sugar is going to kick in and I'm going to be all right, you know, because there's nothing worse than over treating it and then being on that roller coaster where suddenly you have a blood sugar of 300 milligrams per deciliter and you're you're trying to bring that down and then it just it's not fun, right? So I would say just knowing that you're going to be okay. And then this happened to me for many years. I don't think it happens anymore, but your body is amazing. And sometimes people will still be able to produce some glucagon. Um, I know this is more so for people who are newly diagnosed, but even like the first 10 years of my diagnosis, I swear that I still had this effect where you're when you go really low and your body will actually produce glucagon, like your liver will dump it into your bloodstream. So that may happen. But I think the biggest thing is just knowing like if you have something on hand, you're going to be okay. And I've been in situations too, Carrie, where I haven't had anything. And so I'm not able to treat it right away. And that can be scary as shit. And I just, you just have to trust, you know, and just know that as soon, like once you do get something in your bloodstream, you're going to be okay. And going back to like last night for me, just not knowing if I was going to have enough juice in my system to last and just that annoyance, I also really strongly think that so many things will affect your blood sugar. And even if I have a bad dream in the middle of the night, it seems to send my blood sugar skyrocketing. So just knowing that your body is amazing and, you know, even if you're at the gym sometimes and you're having a low, like I'll even sometimes incorporate some high intensity 
training in there to just bring my blood sugar back up. So just knowing that you have the power and you have the control and so not letting that fear get to you on such a strong level because you've got this and you are a lot stronger than you think you are. Gabby Adri says, how do you get your CGM to stay in range all day? Your line is so straight. Gabby, thank you. That is such a compliment. And I assure you that my CGM is not straight every single day. I've had some really great days and my overall average has been really great, but it's definitely not like that every single day, which is just something to keep in mind as well, because you could have a really great like 100% average, 90% average for your blood sugars within a week. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to have days where your blood sugar is literally all over the place. So I think if anything, I'm just proof of that. (laughs) But my tips for really keeping that CGM straight as possible is a combination of a few different things and I definitely micromanage my disease so much people probably think that I'm crazy and I really so I guess the biggest things I'll give you three things that are probably my number ones is getting in low intensity steady state exercise so some sort of aerobic activity hence my step challenge join it if you want. Um, That has helped so much in just keeping my sugars level and then also some sort of strength workout. So I've been doing all my workouts at home, but both of those in combination is just so helpful. And then also your nutrition and your diet. I literally, it's been challenging because I don't have a food scale where I am and I normally go to that extreme where I'm like using a food scale to weigh out all my food in grams and ounces. But since I don't have one, I'm still on top of it. I try to count my macros I so that I can calculate my insulin better. And it's it's a combination, a balance, a fine dance between really being aware of like how much of everything that I'm consuming and making sure that I can accurately calculate my my doses based on that amount. So that has been really helpful as well. So those three things are my biggest tips. So basically your nutrition and your exercise, making those like really in the forefront of everything that you're doing, especially during quarantine. I found it really easy to just, you know, take the extra time to really focus on what I'm doing and what I'm putting in my mouth and how much I'm injecting for everything. Damon Treat 3 says, how are your workouts going? Damon, they are actually doing all right. I would say that I'm, if you had asked me a couple of days ago, I would have said I'm over it because I was doing like 30 plus reps of certain exercises and I'm like, man, this is getting so old. I just want to be back in the gym and I want to lift heavy and have like three reps instead of 30 reps. But this, I've actually switched things up a little bit. So I'm doing, I'm doing, it's like convict conditioning. So a lot of it is calisthenics and just really I'm putting so much focus into mastering my proper form of every exercise that I'm doing. I'm getting that down pat. And this means like, you know, when you do a push up, just making sure that your form is fucking solid (laughs) because when you make those small adjustments, you'd be so surprised at how 
how much more it affects your body and how different you feel when you're actually doing them properly and so I've been really focusing on that so I've I'm I'm changing my rep ranges I've been really focusing on a lot of body weight things and so I think basically bottom line is just switching things up to a place where I'm actually enjoying things a little bit more so I would say this as of today right now things are going pretty good and I'm feeling good but if you had asked me a little bit ago I would have said not so great (laughs) f1 underscore freak says as someone who MDIs multi-daily injections for those of you who are confused how are you able to keep such steady consistent blood sugars I feel like this question has been coming up a lot lately and I'm flattered that you think my blood sugars are great all the time because I feel like that they're not, but we are a lot more self-critical, aren't we? But um, that being said, too, I mean, first of all, thank you. And second of all, they're not perfect every day. But the main tip that I would give for just keeping such the stable line. Wow, I can't even really talk right now. Um, It has been challenging. It has been so challenging switching back to multi-daily injections. And I, I'll give you a tip. This is what I've been doing. I, when I switch back, I've been micromanaging it to a point where like every single day I'm testing out different doses all the time, right? So when I first started using like my basal insulin, I was like okay cool like what do I use because it never correlates um, the same from an insulin pump to the injection so I was writing down my doses and I've found that splitting my dose and this I'm going to be talking next week on a whole episode on this for basal injections but splitting my basal insulin and doing an uneven dose so a little bit in the morning and then a little bit more in the evening for me works really great in keeping my blood sugar stable during the day and throughout the night because when I first switched down if switched what is wrong with me you guys (laughs) when I first switched back to multi-daily injections I was having a lot of highs in the morning So splitting my doses has helped so much. Um, And I would really say that that has been probably the number one thing, Um, just going back to MDIs and being able to keep steady, consistent blood sugars. Rampa4302 says, how old are you? When did you get your type 1? such a bold question (laughs) just kidding but you know it's funny because I I'm I don't worry about my age but would you ever feel like back in the day it's like oh you'd never ask someone how old they are and it's like this big like a hidden question but I'm 30 I'm going to be 31 this year and I got I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was nine years old so it's been what is that like just over 20 years yeah so it's going to be wait, 21 years in June, I think, something like that. I can't do math in my head right now, but (laughs) it's been, it's been some time. T1D underscore 03221984 said, when will you be able to come back to the USA? I'm never coming back. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But honestly, at this point, I'm just letting it go I don't know exactly it's gonna probably be sometime in June but the whole thing with the borders closing because of COVID-19 and all of that stuff makes it really tough to give an exact date of when I will be back in this state so that is all up in the air right now pure vita 
And then we have Brent Crane. He says, what's your basal rate? So it's been changing, Brent. Honestly, I, I'm still kind of playing with my doses and it's different depending on the week and what's going on, to be completely honest, because when I have my cycle, I'm giving myself a little bit more basal. And then as soon as I get my period, I cut that, do- cut that amount down. So I've really fine-tuned it to where I'm just you know, playing around with different doses and depending on what my body's doing, um, how much sleep I get, all of this kind of stuff really does affect me, as you probably know as well. So right now I'm taking a little bit less in the morning. So I've cut it back to seven or eight usually units of I'm taking 2JO at the moment. And then in the evening, I'm taking 12 to 13 units. And I'm still playing around with the exact number. That's why it's kind of like a this or that amount. But it's it's been a little bit of fine tuning because as soon as I feel like I have it dialed in, it's like, bam, you get your period or something. And then you're playing around with these numbers all over again. So it it is split. I'm taking more in the evening because that seems to really work for keeping my sugar stable throughout the night and waking up with like a 90 milligram per deciliter blood sugar. This is Jenny says, are you still doing Pilates? So for those of you guys who don't know, um, I did post something on my Instagram a while ago, but my mom has a Pilates reformer machine at her house. So I posted a video of me doing it, which it's fun. It's nice to be able to switch up and have like different things to do. So I am doing Pilates, but I'm not making it like the main thing of my workout. I just do it because it's there and it's fun. And I it gives me like, something to do that's not my regular right like I like to switch things up so I'm not getting super bored so it's there and it's just something that I'm doing for fun but it's not like the basis of my training my t1d.ca says how is the shipment of Dexcom and all other supplies in Costa Rica not fantastic (laughs) so there is Um, And maybe I should even do like a little quick tip episode on this for those of you guys who are overseas or internationally or even just planning on traveling somewhere. But it's hard to get stuff shipped because depending on what it is, if you put anything related to medicine, it has to go through the Ministry of Health. And so I have a box of Dexcom sensors that has been sitting with the ministry for over two months now and I'm hoping that I'll be able to get that soon but I don't know when because things take a little bit longer and that's just the way that it is and it's tough to have companies ship international so ship to Costa Rica is tough because a lot of the time your insurance won't cover it and so I've been paying out of pocket to have things shipped here and it's not something that Dexcom normally does but they have made an exception for me because of the situation with COVID-19 which I'm really grateful for Um, but other than that it's been really challenging and then shipping like just through regular mail that's going to take months and months and you never really know if you're going to receive it because a lot of this time stuff can get stolen too. I think this is just something that happens when you're shipping to third world countries. And so it 
it is a little bit difficult. And there is. So my mom's neighbor has type 1. And we were trying to figure out all this Dexcom stuff because Dexcom was shipping me a box. And he was trying to figure out what he was going to do. And so he found this service that was able to ship. It's like an importing, exporting service. And you send it to Miami. And then from Miami, they send it to Costa Rica. And he he got it. Like, I think it took maybe two weeks, but it was $30 instead of $300 because I had previously paid $300 for a box that is sitting with the Ministry of Health still. So at least there are ways, but it does take some researching. It does take a little bit of extra (laughs) work to get stuff here. Um, So yeah, shipping to Costa Rica is a little bit more challenging, but it is possible. I think that Anything is possible if it's something that you need and you really don't give up and you really, you know, put in the work to make it happen, you will get it. So that is a wrap on our questions. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope that you were able to take some info from it. If you have any questions or if your question wasn't answered here, just send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to connect with you and I'd love to feature you on the next Q&A episode that we do. All right. I love you so much. Thank you for tuning in. I'll talk to you same time next week. Bye for now.